Hello and welcome to the Earthly Roots podcast where we chat all things gardening, homesteading and connecting to nature. We're your hosts Diane and Robin. The Earthly Roots podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. All right, hello, welcome back. Hello, welcome back to another episode. I'm excited for this little chat. We're in a different location today, if you are watching. Mm -hmm. And struggling with both rain and wind outside, so seeking sanctuary inside. (laughs) Yeah, you might hear a little bit of rain, a little bit of wind in this podcast, but hopefully we have uh, set it up so it won't be too bad. Yeah, this is the first (laughs) podcast episode where it's just Robin and I, no boys helping us with the sound at the background. I mean, we did have to call them a few times, but... Quite a few times. Yeah, you've been a champion. You've got it all organized. So hopefully this is sounding great. Um, And if things are going to go wrong, you're just going to go through them with us and that's okay. (laughs) Yep. No, but we have some tea and we're going to chat a little bit first about what we've been up to in the garden lately because it's kind of go time for the garden and and the homestead, really. I know oh, yeah. it we've is both been planting. Busy. Yeah. What have you um, been up to in the last week, planting um, or growing in the garden? Yeah, so lots. I've been putting lots of beetroot into the ground, spinach, although I think it's going to be a bit warm for spinach soon enough, but mm-hmm. I'm still hopeful it'll come up. My um, herbs, I've started putting a lot of those in and transplanting lots of tomatoes and peanut plants. Yeah, cool. I actually planted some peanuts. Yeah. So we'll see how they go. Have they germinated yet? No, not yet. But I think the soil's still, it's warming up, but it's still a little bit cold. Mm. Um, So hopefully that'll that'll happen soon. What about you? Well, no peanuts for me because I do have a peanut allergy. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I keep forgetting about that (laughs) because I came and I offered some to you. Yeah. I was like, no, thank you, but I appreciate it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I've been planting uh, some cucumbers Mm -hmm. and zucchinis, just like all the good summer veg and some yes. tomatoes too. It's a good yeah. time for it. There's only, what, a month and a bit left of spring and then it's yeah. summer. Isn't that crazy? Oh, that's scary. I feel like I'm so behind, but... But I, you're not nah, at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. Like, my seedlings seem like they're also behind as well. Like, they're not that happy because mm. I have had to wait a few weeks because of the rain. So, But that's yeah. the thing. Like, it's not anything that you have done it's just what nature's doing and in the real world if you had the seedlings in the ground they wouldn't Mm. germinate yet anyways they would just be stagnant yeah Yeah. no it'll be interesting to see how how everything grows this year after all of the rain whether the soil has changed a little bit or yeah i am curious about that too yeah we'll see especially because last year when we had all the rains it was after a lot of no rains like it was after Mm -hmm. droughts and really dry conditions so this time around although Mm. it's raining again we have already had rains consistently for quite a while and I wonder yeah. if the ground will be more acclimated to it yeah. and any seeds that you've saved in your own garden as well mm. will probably be better suited to it as well. Yeah, I know that weeds are going to be a problem though. Yes. <laughs> I've already had troubles with them popping up everywhere and oh, they're no. just growing like crazy. So yeah, 
We'll see. Which, um, speaking of weeds, uh, today's conversation is going to be a really good way to tackle that because we're actually going to be talking all about homesteading animals, especially mm -hmm. chickens. Um, probably a little bit about bees because I just can't help yep. myself but talk about Have my bees. <laughs> um, and probably uh, I'll touch on some geese as well, hopefully. Yeah. But as far as weed control goes, there is no better weed fighter than a poultry yeah. animal. So a chicken or a, a goose or even a duck. So Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm really excited to hear because you have, well, a lot more experience than I do. I've never had animals before except two little kitty cats. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I did raise, raise, I had pet fish as a kid, but they don't really we, help in the garden, yeah, do they? Yeah, <laughs> we don't talk about that because it just feel like I could never keep them alive. And I did have hermit crabs as well. Yeah. So I've had all the micro animals, <laughs> but uh, nothing like, yeah, sheep or poultry or anything that can also help in the garden because yeah. that's a really big thing that I'd like to learn from you today about how the animals work with your homestead yeah. as more of like a cycle process rather than just having them for the sake of, you know, eggs or something like that. Or something. Yeah. yeah. There is there are so many benefits to having chickens or animals on the property. So I am really looking forward to just kind of sharing our experience with it, but also talking through like where would be the best place to start if other people, other listeners are thinking of getting animals for their homestead for the first time. Because mm -hmm. Sam and I didn't come from farming backgrounds ourselves we never experienced raising animals gardens or anything else yeah. until we moved up here two years ago and so it was all brand mm. new and with anything that's new come a lot of mistakes and a lot of lessons learned so yeah exactly yeah it'll be a really cool thing to delve into and catch up on yeah um but how are your cucumbers and zucchini going just before <laughs> we jump into that well they I only just really planted them so mm. they're quite little I've had to kind of just also manage the bandicoots and animals that we seem to oh, still have back. in our garden. Yeah. I saw one the other day actually, and it was just like the size of a little rat. Like it was tiny. Oh, wow. wasn't a rat though. Um, but yeah, they're just getting into the garden and just like digging up the little seedlings so yeah. they don't even get a chance to like properly root in the ground. And yeah, it's very frustrating, but they're still growing. I'm hopefully going to have food we'll see how they go. The yep. tomatoes are still struggling a little bit. I think just with all of the water, it leached out a lot of the nutrients in the pots. So have they gone yeah. yellow or mm -hmm. how are they struggling? Yeah. yeah, they've gone yellow, which is due to probably just a lot of nitrogen deficiency as yeah. it rains in the pots that they're in, just basically filters all of that out. Yeah. Um, so that's been pretty disappointing, but it's fine. Like tomato seeds, thankfully they grow so quickly. So yeah, I've got lots more planted. Um, and I found that that was always the trouble with me growing seedlings as well. I've always said that I keep planting seedlings and then I just kill them because it, it, they kind of sit there and whether I forget about them or I let the rain go on them or whatever else, I always find that they yellow or they just dry out. And um, yeah. so I'm just much better off just planting them straight into the ground because I yeah. know they're going to at least somewhat survive. Um, although yeah. my zucchini, which I planted into the ground, got eaten alive by oh, all the no. snails and slugs and whatever else in the garden. So yeah. I feel you yeah. with that loss of seedlings. Yeah. But I don't have the, well, I don't have the luxury of like applying yeah. animals in my garden. I'm kind of thinking about other ways to, to manage that. But 
I noticed when we went for a walk around your property mm-hmm. earlier, you had a lot of fencing up around the garden. So do you just not let your animals into the garden at all or yeah. do you monitor them or how do you enter the garden with the animals? Do yeah. you free range animals? How do they go together? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of the time they don't mix is yeah. the whole point. We have free ranging chickens, free ranging geese. Some of the time our sheep get out and they free yep. range too, <laughs> whether we like Fun it or times. not. <laughs> yeah. Many journeys <laughs> anyways. Um, but The reason that you don't want your chickens or geese in the garden as such during the growing season is because they'll go in there and they'll eat the vegetables because they're just as delicious for them as they are to us. Mm. Um, And they're not as considerate about the fact that this vegetable is too young or it's just a seedling. They'll just rip it apart. Chickens also scratch and dig around, which is fantastic if you're establishing a garden or if you're wanting to mix compost in like at the beginning of a season um, or over winter and autumn time when you put a bed to rest. But during the growing season, so springtime, when you've got seeds all around, seedlings, they'll just come in and rip it apart like with their Mm, little dinosaur feet. Yeah. (laughs) Bless their hearts. (laughs) They mean well, but they they just don't do very well in there. Um, As far as ducks and geese though, they're pretty good at slug and snail patrol. So... They're the type of animal you would get to get snails and slugs out of your gardens. But I still wouldn't suggest them in your typical systems um, without fencing up when you don't want them in there. Because though their feet won't scratch things up like chickens will, Mm. they will probably still go in there and step on things they shouldn't. But if you have like a food forest or orchard, that's the perfect place to have that kind of animal for pest patrol. Um, Are there any plants that you know that the chickens and the geese absolutely stay away from? um, Usually herbs. Yeah, okay. Herbs and perennials, even flowers once they're established. Anything that's established, they don't tend to go to as much. Yep. Um, Anything that's raised up, they don't tend to go to as much. But Mm -hmm. yeah, they just love digging. And it could be that they're just digging for bugs, not so much seeds. But in the process, they're digging apart things that you have. So I've just found in the last two years, uh, my experience with chickens has been kind of like a, oh no, they've destroyed my garden. Or, Mm -hmm. oh no, they've gotten into something they shouldn't. And in a way, that's partly my fault for being a bit naive about mm-hmm. how they connected with my garden and not keeping them out when I should yeah. because they are really useful. We started all of our garden beds with our chickens. They yeah. tilled up the ground. They fertilized the ground. Um, and even now when we harvest vegetables and fruits and things like that, we can throw it to our chickens who then eat it and reduce mm. our food bill for them. Yeah. So I know that a concern that you've raised before is the feed for animals. Yeah. And one really good way that you can combat that is to feed them scraps. And chickens are the easiest yeah. to do that with. Mm. Yeah, I think I um, I remember watching, I think, Edible Acres on mm-hmm. YouTube. I can't remember his name, but he has an amazing channel and he has chickens and this big compost set up. Yeah. And he basically only feeds them... Um, food scraps from like restaurants and a part of that is like old bread and grain from areas around and it is amazing how much compost they make isn't it amazing yeah Yeah. 
And they love compost. Like a chicken's favorite thing to do is mm. to rip through a compost pile, turning it, breaking it apart, like really speeding up the process, not mm. only with the nitrogen produced by their droppings, but also just them being able to rip everything together and apart. Um, yeah, because air is such yeah. an important part in the compost. And yeah. when you have those massive, like even a one by one meter compost pile, that becomes really difficult to physically turn yourself it's with a fork. It's so difficult. And yeah. even just the process of going out there and having to do it on a regular basis. Mm. Like there's a point where like you're really into it and you keep going. And then there's a point where you're like, I can't be bothered. I have so many other things to do. Yeah. Um, that chickens can just be that really amazing step of you just open up the compost pile. You let them rip it apart at the end of the day or like once a week you, um, you fork it back up yeah yeah put it all back up into a pile and then let them do the process again and again yeah um and yeah that made such a big difference to our big garden beds uh yeah yeah i i would highly recommend starting garden beds with chickens or with some kind of animal Mm -hmm. because yeah it just the quality of soil that you get is just second to none and it's nothing that you can bring in yeah definitely so because i know you had chickens before you moved here though did you have yes, them in the did. city as well? Yeah, and that was we manageable? had chickens in the suburbs. So yeah. it was manageable. There were times when they would get out because, bless their hearts, they just want to explore. But yep. <laughs> had to get them back in. None of the neighbors really minded. Chickens yep. aren't very noisy. They will sing when they lay an egg That's in the morning. That's my favorite is, thing. Yeah, it's pretty nice. The and clucking. it sounds beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it can be really loud sometimes. Yeah. Like it can almost resemble a rooster's crow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's pretty intense. They get very excited, but it never disturbed any of our neighbors. And if anything, if it did disturb them, mm. they produce that many eggs that just taking mm-hmm. a carton of eggs to your neighbors is the best way to build a friendship. So yeah, definitely. We did a lot of that. Uh, we had six chickens one of them ended up being a rooster Mm -hmm. um which we weren't allowed to have in the suburbs and then five of them were hens and they were amazing yeah like it was such a cool learning experience and with our systems we we don't actually have chickens in one coop that stays in one place which a lot of people do have for compost uh we prefer to actually move them around in the garden and what that Mm -hmm. meant is we didn't have to mow the lawns Mm mm-hmm because we had quite a big space back there. So we didn't have to mow the lawns. They kept fertilizing the grass, which actually probably made it come up even better and yeah. even faster. But, <laughs> but then good gonna... for the sheep, though, if you bring other animals in. Yeah, well, yeah. in the suburbs, though, can't really have well, sheep. Well, true. No. You <laughs> but can maybe no, have one good. little tiny goat, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that in a suburb setting, it makes more sense to have them stagnant in one place. Like yeah, having, I think so too. Having yeah. a compost system for them. And that's really achievable. The only difference with that kind of system is you would want to be bringing in lots of carbon. So bringing in wood chips or straw or shavings, like wood shavings even. Mm -hmm. Any kind of waste carbon product that you can think of would be the best way to manage that system. Yeah. Because what ends up happening, especially with all the rains, is it becomes almost swampy and like it's just sitting there if you don't put the carbon in and it becomes stinky. And there's been so many properties um, selling chickens that I've gone to where they have those systems and it's smelly. Yeah, that's the problem. It is. And the one thing that could fix that is literally just to put wood shavings or wood chips on. Yeah, yeah. I really like the idea of a 
a deep litter system. Yeah. It's yeah, it, it just seems really easy. Yeah. It's something that I'm thinking about, like what to do because we would really like to get chickens and yeah I'm at the very like beginning stages of conceptualizing what it might look like in my garden and we're not on a massive property but like still a decent amount your property is a little bit bigger than what our property was in the suburbs yeah okay so bigger yeah 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 so I mean we've got a big backyard um we were tossing up between chickens and quail. Yeah. Um, so, so what's kind of making your decision in either direction? Mm. Well, like with both of them, I just firstly, first and foremost, just love poultry. Like just looking so at them funny. and watching them go about their business. Um, and quail are just really cute and beautiful in my mm. opinion. Like I would just love to either raise them and just, have beautiful birds around and have a deep litter system with them mm-hmm. and then maybe the chickens could move around a little bit in the garden yeah like free ranging yeah it's my favorite thing to see my chickens just like roaming around and like yeah. you'll walk down with like a bucket full of scraps or like weeds or whatever yeah. else you got from the garden and they just like chase you like yeah it's three so little cute. dinosaurs behind you yeah <laughs> and they look so happy as well and yeah. healthy yeah when they're able to to forage around but I know that everyone can't can't do that in their backyard mm-hmm. um but yeah ever since we had a lone chicken come into our backyard who I named Bethany who wasn't ours <laughs> but she came in and uh, made herself at home in my little veggie patch area. It was the neighbor's chicken. And unfortunately, the next day I had to give her back. But yeah. she stayed with us overnight in one of the cat carriers. Was she um, at home with you? Yeah, she was like just in. in I just had to keep her in the garage because it was getting dark. And I just found this random chicken in, yeah. in the yard. And I didn't really know what to do. And I didn't want to leave it out because it was getting dark. Yeah. And a fox would have definitely got her. Especially yeah. in the suburbs. There's more foxes in suburban areas than there is in the countryside. Yeah, exactly. And we see a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we kept her for overnight and next door wasn't there. So I had a feeling it was theirs, but I didn't want to just go like put a random chicken back in someone's yard. Like I would hate if someone did that. Well, I mean, I wouldn't hate it, but it wouldn't be nice if you had chickens and then you had more chickens every few weeks or whatever. Well, chickens don't actually get along so easily. They have a pecking order. True. So if you were to introduce or just put in a random chicken, they would probably peck her. Yeah. So I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Because... We, we'd come attached. Yeah. Um, so basically, Bethany made me want to get chickens for sure. That's so good. Um, yeah, and we're on now the pathway of just figuring out what that looks like and how to, to get them. And my first problem that I have is just understanding, like, how do I keep them? What kind of coop do I get? Because yeah. I see all these ones advertised online, like the Bunnings ones, and just there seems to be so many and I see so many of them on Facebook marketplace as well. And they just don't look that sturdy. Yeah. I was going to say avoid the ones from Bunnings or like those cheaply made ones. You can just see as soon as you approach the coop in person, that the quality is just not going to last. Like Mm -hmm. they're not coops that are made for being out in the elements for long. Um, we found that we had a Bunnings one that a friend had given to us because we mm. were getting chickens and we were like, oh, great. It'll be a starting point because we had baby chicks back then, mm-hmm. but they outgrew the space so quickly. Um, and then just the whole system of how it worked together, it got smelly, got dirty. Um, and then out in the elements, it just it deteriorated to a point where you couldn't even use it. 
Yeah. Um, so what would you suggest instead? So I would suggest building a coop. Yeah. There's just use some pallets, use some building material that you can buy from Mitre 10 or the shops or whatever. Um, and we actually, the coop that we have built for our chickens, it's big enough for five or six chickens. It's easy enough to transport and move around. It's on wheels, um, yeah. which allows us to actually spread the manure that falls. Cause we, okay. So we, built our chicken coop based on plans from Justin Rhodes. Okay. I was so going to ask, like, yeah. how do I, where do I get plans from? Is yeah. there existing So he's actually ones got and... free plans. Um, mm-hmm. If you look up like Justin Rhodes, Chickshaw, I think it's a Chickshaw 2.0 or something like that. And he's got his plans, but his plans are really, to us, it was quite complex. Yeah. Um, and his materials were expensive. Okay. So we found that we used it more as inspiration and then just tweaked and changed things based on the materials that we had because we had a lot mm-hmm. of salvaged wood and materials, um, but also what we could find and afford to have. Yeah. Because that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Like you can spend $800 building a chicken coop or you can mm-hmm. cut a few corners, change and tweak a few things and be able to build it for like a hundred. Yeah. So it's deciding okay. that as well. Yeah. Um, but, but I highly recommend at least having a look at those plans or getting some help from someone to build a coop because you can design it to look the way you want mm-hmm. and carry out the process that you want it to. So what we like about the chickshaw is that it has like the mesh underneath. Yeah. And when the chickens are resting there at nighttime, their droppings fall through the holes. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to clean. Yeah. Um, and it also means as we move it around the garden, it's all spreading around evenly mm. and it's not going to stink up any one area. Yeah. But that okay. is a mobile system. So we yep. have netting that we put around them. At the moment, we just have them free ranging. So we just have the coop, which they go in and out of by themselves, which is so good. It makes it so easy. Um, But I think one thing that I would improve on it is to have an automatic door so that if you ever have to go somewhere, it's really easy. It closes up and opens up for the chooks Mm -hmm. Um, and possibly even having more space inside so that if you ever did go away and you wanted to keep them in the coop, you could do that for yeah. a few days. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you're going to have a, like, are you thinking of having a mobile system where you move them around the garden or do you think you'll yeah. have them in one place and just let them out during the day? That's what I'm still Deciding trying on. to decide. I think I do want some kind of mobile system, but then, I mean, I would also really love quail and that yeah. could be the... But they go together, I wonder. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Like no. quail are pretty, they're very timid yeah. and very scared um, and they do prefer to be in their own little flock that they've, you know, worked out who's who. Yeah. Um, so, I, and also predators as well because they're a lot smaller. Um, they're definitely at risk of birds of prey around. I've seen so, so many around. Me too. We've had yeah. so many of our meat chooks being taken away by a falcon at the moment. Yeah. It just keeps coming back. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, and that, that, that would scare me with those. So I think I would want definitely something over them, like yeah. just a, whether it's netting or something else. But we do have like an old shed, um, two old sheds on the property, and one we might convert into the – That's cool. Yeah, and yeah. to the quail house. But yeah, I 
my main reason for getting chickens would be to help out with the garden. Mm -hmm. So after the flower farm beds are finished or whether they need a break, I'd love to then bring the chickens in. They do such a good job too. They'd like rip apart all of the stems and dig it all back in. Yeah, it'd be so easy. Yeah, so I definitely would want to have them be able to move around. Uh, But one question I did have with your netting, Mm -hmm. do you need to have electric netting or is just normal netting fine or what do you use? Yeah, so it does depend on the uh, predator pressure in the area. So Mm -hmm. when we lived in the suburbs, like I said, foxes were more common. And so we did electrify our netting. Um, But I think we just didn't have the system down packed back then. So there were points where the netting would kind of be saggy or there'd be grass growing onto the net. Mm -hmm. And that can impact the electricity going through and make it less powerful. So we did have a fox that actually came over the net and attack Mm -hmm. when we forgot to close up the coop one night. Um, So that was pretty brutal. But since we've been up here in the uh, in rural New South Wales, there's foxes around, but none have ever attacked our chickens. Mm -hmm. So we don't have netting around them anymore. I'm kind of a person that prefers my animals to free range and my gardens to be the things that are netted up because gardens don't. Yeah, well, the gardens don't go anywhere, Mm -hmm. and. In a way, you can make a fence around a garden look really aesthetic and whimsical and beautiful, depending on what you use. We use whatever we can. We have some of our chicken netting around it. We've got some wire around other areas. But I'd so much rather contain the gardens and protect them than keep my chickens in one place and just enclosed. Mm. And that's just a personal thing, I think. Yeah. Um, Some other systems, like more towards quails but you can do this with chickens as well is to have something called a chicken tractor have you ever heard of that yeah that's what you move around isn't it you can move yeah you can move it around so um or it can be left in one place but Mm -hmm. it's essentially a chicken coop which can be transported to other areas to manage grass or if you've got like raised garden beds or like small Mm -hmm. beds you can build the tractor to be the exact size of them so that you can make the chickens work super hard in that area Mm. because they'll move around wherever they want if you give them enough space. But if you leave them in one area, um, they will will till and they will dig it up and they will work so hard um, until that area is completely finished with and then Mm -hmm. ready to be planted in. Yeah, okay. That's what you're doing. So, yeah. yeah. I've seen that work really effectively as well. But yeah, I personally just like to have my chickens free range. I think I'm happier for it because I get to see them like frolicking around. They're happier for it because, I mean, they're finding bugs, they're foraging for seeds and all kinds of things around, which Mm. is just sustaining the health in them. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, interesting. I think um, like I would really like that too. I'm just still worried about the predators around and, and not knowing our area. And I would hate to kind of find out getting them and then having something go wrong but I suppose that's just the nature of having animals it is unfortunate to figure it out same with a garden you don't know what's going to happen yeah yeah but a lot of the time the predators only seem to come in my experience um at dusk or at dawn so Mm -hmm. most of our attacks that have happened or like us noticing predators has been is dawn when the sun comes up i always yeah. get confused between <laughs> That's them okay. yeah so it happens at dawn so okay. from like 
4 till 6 a.m. is like your danger zone. And that's only a danger zone if you forgot to lock up your chickens. Mm -hmm. If they're locked up in the coop, which chickens will go into their coop by themselves at dusk, they'll all just have like this marching order and there'll be one chicken like keeping watch and then another one will go in first and they'll kind of like take their turns going in. And if you come out at that time and disturb them, they'll all come back out (laughs) and then take their order again. It's so funny to watch. That's so cool. Um, But... They come back into their coop. If they know their coop and you've given them a few days to settle in there, then they'll keep coming back into it. And if you're right onto it, they're in the coop, it's dawn, no, it's dusk, and you lock it up, predators won't be an issue, especially if you have a coop that is sturdy, that is, um, yeah, that is predator proof yeah Yeah. that's it like if you've got the netting all around and you've got wood that is actually going to last the weather Mm -hmm. you're not going to have a lot of those problems and the fox isn't going to be trying to dig and rip apart your coop it's going to go Mm -hmm. find something easier to eat yeah okay it's going to go through a rubbish bin of like a restaurant or something instead Yeah. yeah okay we'll have a think about it I'd what? be excited to see you with chickens though. Like they yeah, really are I'm gonna be so obsessed. useful. I'm yeah. going to be so obsessed and name them all like, I don't want to say names just in case someone has named it, but I want like <laughs> old lady names basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bethany. Traditional names. We'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. But Elizabeth. um. Yeah. Lizzie. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be such a cute name for a chicken. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. Super fun. Um, chickens are really fantastic for yeah. Preparing garden beds. When your garden beds are established, they can also be really useful in it as well. If you're spreading compost, they'll spread it for you. If you're trying to put wood chips around, they'll spread it for you. They'll be good for um, actually taking scraps out of your garden bed, ripping out weeds, uh, any waste that's produced in your garden, giving that all to them. That's where they come in most useful. Okay. What about actually getting the chickens though? Mm. Like, would you, I mean, I would love to maybe not raise chickens from hatching them because I don't really have the infrastructure for that. Um, But would you recommend kind of adopting chickens or Mm. raising them when they're really young or getting them from a friend or what's the best way to go around actually getting chickens chickens. yeah Yeah. Uh, i think getting young chickens is a good idea because then you get to build relationships with them and they trust you they know that you bring them food and they're more likely to um be more timid or like they'll come and approach you as opposed to just run away from you so there's a benefit to that but having young chickens can also be troublesome for predators like aerial predators because you got to watch them Um, If you've got dogs as well, when they're Mm -hmm. young, they tend to like fly around and like go Mm -hmm. crazy. And that really excites dogs um, and like sparks their like hunt instinct. So you got to be careful with that as well. Mm. Um, But I've heard lots of people adopting chickens from or rescuing them. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, rescuing. Which is really cool. I like to do that. I don't know. Yeah, because a lot of egg farms, a lot of egg farms, whether they're really wholesome or even if they're more commercial, they they unfortunately have a system where after one or two years, when the chickens begin Mm -hmm. to hatch, not hatch, when the Mm -hmm. chickens begin to lay less eggs, they actually start to cull them because mm-hmm. it's bad for business and then they get the next lot of chickens. So Yeah, that's amazing. Like I I didn't know it was only like 
a year or sometimes even less than that, that the production just then goes down, which is so sad to hear. But they actually do still lay a lot of eggs. Yeah, they do. It's just that for business, that's not Mm -hmm. enough. And that's devastating in a way, but it, it, like you can understand their point of view too. Yeah. Um, but those chickens are perfectly fine for a home setting. They're perfectly fine for mm. homesteads or even really small egg farms, yeah. you know? So um, if you're interested in doing that, just contacting someone local that sells yeah. eggs and just finding out what they do at the yeah. two year mark or later on as well. But chickens can live till like eight or 10 years. Like yeah. they can last a really long time, just like yeah. any pet. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, so it's, it's a commitment regardless, but the, I think there's always people that are willing to adopt chickens or buy mm. them from you. Um, if you have a go and then choose that it's not for you, yeah, there'll true. be a way. Yeah, yeah, because we're, we're not like super focused on having them just for eggs. Like it would be nice, Yeah, but it's more so for the company and the garden yeah. to have chickens. So I might look into the rescuing um yeah area of chickens but yeah we'll see how we go yeah (laughs) those chickens can sometimes have um a lot of health problems though you got to be aware of that because they are put into situations and environments that aren't very ideal but they'll recover and they'll come back and it'll be so much more heartwarming seeing the chicken go from a really rough condition and like that not having much love or anything given to it to you know a garden friend for you yeah yeah no I I do really really love having my chickens and they've been a really good first step to animals on the homestead Mm -hmm. um it was a really good like lesson and introduction while we were still in the suburbs and it let us have a feeling of what it was like to Mm -hmm. live this lifestyle when we were just so close to the city Um, And now just being able to experience the whole life cycle of a chicken has Mm. been so incredible. So we've actually hatched out our own chickens with an incubator that we did last year, which was really cool. It was actually a lot tougher than I thought it would be um, because you have to keep the humidity and water level just right. And the machine will beep at you if it's not. And so that sometimes happens in the middle of the night. And you're yeah. like having to like figure out the humidity and did I do it right? <laughs> yeah, that'd be stressful. Yeah, it was a little <laughs> bit finicky. And we only ended up hatching out three chickens successfully through that mm. process. Um, okay. While this year, one of our hens actually ended up going broody. Yeah. And so another really cool thing before I talk about her is that when you have a rooster in your flock, and I, to- I told you this earlier yeah. today, but when you have a rooster in your flock... And uh, they sit on the hens and they do their thing. Do their thing. Do the business. Yeah. <laughs> they know what the birds and the bees do. Yeah. Um, the rooster actually fertilizes the eggs within the chicken. And that can actually last like several weeks, if not months. That's so so that's all in her system. And as she lays eggs, which chickens lay eggs anyways it's just kind of like women going through menstruation but Mm. instead they have eggs that come out yeah (laughs) weird to put that both in a sentence but it is reality yeah my mum didn't know that oh really yeah my mum a lot of people don't know that yeah Yeah. well my mum thought that you had to have a rooster to have eggs yeah like that it wouldn't happen otherwise Mm. you have to have a rooster to have chicks and fertilized eggs but you don't need them to just have the eggs so anyways we had (laughs) 
tangents. Background story. I love chickens. I could talk about them forever. Yeah. I could go all over the place. <laughs> but we had a rooster who fertilized our chooks and then one of our chickens went broody. Um, What's, what does that mean? So broody is when they get the instinct to become a mum. And so what ends up happening is uh, their chest, they start to lose the feathers from there and it like radiates heat. And yeah. in their mind, all they want to do is sit on eggs. They, and as soon as they get to sit on some eggs, they don't eat, they don't drink for 21 days. So as soon as they start mm-hmm. and the process begins, they don't move. And if they do, it's really quick and then they can go back onto the eggs and that's their only priority. So yeah, when we noticed our hen getting broody and wanting to sit on eggs, we wanted to encourage that because it was going to be the first time that we would experience that full life cycle without our intervention. Mm. And that was the coolest thing to see. At 21 days exactly on the dot, her chicks hatched and she hatched out 11 out of like 13 or 14. Wow. And they are so cute. We saw them before. They're so, and they were so tiny. They were like this small. Oh my goodness. Like I have never seen chicks that small in my whole life. And Mm. she's a pretty small hen. So it made sense. She seems like a good mum. Yeah. Good mum a hen. I didn't expect out of all our hens, she's the last one that I would expect to be the mum. Oh wow. And yet she is. She's (laughs) the tiniest of them all as well. Hmm. Do you know if um if a chicken goes broody? Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people talk about this, but can you can you bring a chicken out of being broody, or is it just that's it? You can and you should, yeah. Especially if your eggs are not fertilized, yeah. so it can be really unhealthy for them because of the lack yeah. of eating and drinking yeah, thing. Like they literally wear away, and you can see like their comb lose color and like flop to the side because they're just missing that nutrients. Um, but one way to break a chicken's brood is what people call it is you need to that chest situation of her losing feathers and going really like ultra hot you need to cool her down so putting her into like a cage on her own with food and water and raising it up so that there's airflow Mm -hmm. will help to cool her down removing eggs Mm -hmm. uh, I think is an obvious one but it needs to be said, like, don't let her see eggs, like yeah. even breaking an egg to make her realize that, oh, I can't hatch this anymore can be yeah. a really good thing. Um, but they just need time to break out of it. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I've, uh, I'm learning a lot about chickens. There's so much <laughs> to them too. And yeah. it's kind of, it's stuff that you don't need to know straight away. It's just the things that you get to experience and learn mm. about as you go. Um, Mm. but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, chickens are the gateway drug to homesteading (laughs) because they are quite simple. You just need a secure shelter for them. You need to be making sure that they have feed in some form, plenty of water, and just remembering to lock and unlock the coop door so that they can come in and out. But other than that, like, that's it. Yeah, everything else, they help you out. Like they Mm. help you with the gardens. They help you with tilling and preparing beds. They help you to control pests and bugs in the garden beds. Um, They help to like mow some of the grass, depending on how you use them. That can be really useful too. Mm. So I'm a massive advocate for chickens. I think they're a great companion and also great like help in the Mm. garden. No. 
well, we might have to get your help on uh, building a chicken coop or I would love get some that. ideas. You can and, uh, even have some of our chicks. Oh, like, don't tempt me. We're about I... to have so many chickens. We're about <laughs> to inherit some more. And that's what yeah. I mean that when you're ready to have chickens, chickens mm. will come your way. Like someone yeah. will have chickens for you, whether yeah. they're young chickens, whether they're fertilized eggs or whether they're like mature chooks that people just want to move on yeah. because they're moving house or state or whatever else. Yeah, true. So yeah, just say the word and... Cool. All right, well, I know where to find them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I've, I've really been enjoying seeing the baby chicks growing around us mm. um, with the help of their mum. Something really cool that I've been observing is when they get scared, they jump mm. up on her back Aww, and they kind of like take a ride. That's the most adorable it's thing ever. so cute. Oh my goodness. I'll have to show you a video or two, but it's yeah. just the sweetest thing to see that relationship between <laughs> like the mum and the babies because when a hen goes broody and like all she cares about is being a mum, like she can be really aggressive and yeah. really scary. Yeah. <laughs> so just seeing that like nice little interaction with her bubs and yeah. why she cares so much is so sweet. So cute. But I, I saw a few of them in there. They looked a little different. Some of the babies, mm. they look like roosters. So, yep. and I know you've kind of had a few problems with roosters here. What happens if you do hatch your own eggs and then you get like, I don't know, three roosters and four hens and you're in Very a smaller common. area yeah. um, and you can't have the roosters? What, what, can, what are the options then? Yeah, so um, that's so common because when you hatch out your own eggs, they say it's a 50-50 chance of roosters to hens. So yeah. there could be five roosters and five hens. There mm. could be eight roosters and two hens. Like it, you really don't know what you're going to get. Um, and one way to know if you've got roosters compared to hens, especially if they're all the same age and the same breed, is you'll notice that the roosters, their combs mm. are more red and are bigger a lot sooner. And you can see that difference happening pretty soon. I also noticed their back feathers. The roosters have like a line mm -hmm. of feathers that's really like different okay. from how the hens look. You can also look at their their wings mm -hmm. so the ends of their wings like the tips of the wings will be rounded if they're hens mm -hmm. or pointed if they're roosters okay so i'm always looking out for that and i still haven't really seen it yeah. so i think that's more of as they get older you'll notice things like that um and the roosters will just behave like roosters they'll be more boisterous they'll yeah. like run around mm -hmm. and like arc up at you when you go and then they'll be like oi get out of here you know like, yeah <laughs> scary so, yeah oh but they're cute they're tiny yeah for now i mean yeah when they get bigger then yeah it's definitely yeah. a concern but i think the best thing you can do with young roosters is while they're young that's when people want roosters because they can build a relationship they can yeah. make sure it's nice and calm and knows them um taking away hopefully some chance of it becoming aggressive in the future because yeah. a rooster has a job to do its job is to protect a flock its job is to mate with the ladies and to look after and own the ladies yeah. <laughs> um and that's what its purpose is in life it's a wild bird just because we tamed it and put it into our gardens doesn't mean it's not a wild animal yeah. with so instinct got, yeah got all those instincts that you yeah you can't change and it is really sad to hear what a lot of people do with roosters but mm. it, it is nice to know that a lot of people are still looking for young roosters to then adopt mm. and and bring into their flock but i'm not sure if we'll get a rooster or not um i would suggest in our not area. getting one no. it's not necessary the only reason we got a rooster this time around is 
because we wanted to experience that life cycle. Mm-hmm. Our, our chickens free range. And so having a rooster can be beneficial because it makes noise when there's predators mm-hmm. and then you're aware of that. Um, but yeah, it's just not necessary to have them. The chickens protect mm-hmm. themselves just fine without them. They seek shelter. They huddle together. Like they stick together as well. So yeah, I wouldn't okay. suggest, I wouldn't recommend a rooster unless you wanted to go and see the life cycle yeah. really. Um, okay. Interesting. What about, um, another topic is the food. Mm-hmm. Like what do you feed the chickens? And if you don't mind answering, how much would you spend kind of per week or per fortnight on yeah. the chickens? Is it an expensive thing or not? Yeah. I think it depends on where you have the chickens. We in the suburbs and even here, we bought organic free range pellets. Mm-hmm. Um, so you buy chick starter when they're little um, and it's like a crumble. So it's easier for them mm-hmm. to eat. Mm-hmm. We were fermenting that for a while and that worked really well. It bulks it up. So fermenting mm-hmm. feed, you put the food into a bucket, fill it up with water. And a couple of days later, it's fermented. So it's got like really good bacteria, just like we would for our gut. Um, it's good for the chickens as well. But the water also mm-hmm. absorbs into the feed and bulks it up so they don't have okay. to eat as much, mm-hmm. which is really beneficial as well. Um, so that's a way you can cut down on costs. Uh, we also now we have free range layer pallets. Um, so once they start laying eggs at about, I want to say it's five or six months, chickens yeah. start to lay eggs. So it takes them okay. a little while before they do. Uh, But once they do, you need to change over the food that they're getting so that they've got less protein in their feed Mm -hmm. and more calcium. And so that's the difference between the feed that when it's a chick starter, it's got lots of protein and then you can have less protein when they're older because it's bad for their like kidneys and stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, But the good thing about that organic feed, and I know you'll be right into Mm -hmm. this, is Mm -hmm. that you can get soy-free varieties. You can Mm -hmm. get vegetarian varieties. So you can get varieties of food where it's less impactful on the ecosystem and landscapes. So you can look into feed and really figure out where it's coming from Mm. um, so that you can source food that's actually you know, mindful yeah. of the environment. So, okay. so that's a really good company. I, what are they called? Country Heritage Organics okay. is the company. Um, and I recommend that we've had lots of really good, um, success with it. But okay. one way that we cut our food costs. So we only go through one $34 bag of feed. So mm-hmm. that's organic feed, $34 for 20 kilograms that lasts. I'm going to say a month. Well, okay. I thought it was a really long time. I thought it would be a lot more expensive Mm. to feed them. If anything, it's cheaper. There's, there's bags of feed that are $20 or $16, but then you're sacrificing quality. But yeah, $34 a month. And Mm -hmm. I think that's mainly because they free range. Yeah. So our chicks, uh, our chickens will eat their food in the morning when they first come Mm -hmm. out of the coop, but then they'll go and forage for the rest of the day. And yep. they'll find bugs, they'll find grass, they'll find whatever they can. Mm. Um, and then when we have scraps, we'll just throw it out there and that supplements their feed again. Okay. I've, I've heard of people feeding their chickens nothing but scraps and yeah. them being completely fine. Okay. The way that you can tell if it's okay or not is if your chickens stop laying eggs, they're not mm-hmm. getting enough food to produce the eggs. 
they're probably getting enough to just sustain themselves and be healthy. Mm. But if you feed them more than just whatever they need for themselves, that's when the eggs will come. Okay. Interesting. And yeah. is there any, any specific treats that your chickens love the most? My chickens love any everything. scraps or anything? Yeah. yeah. They love everything. Yeah. Um, I love feeding them pumpkin. Like when I've uh, carved out a lot of pumpkin and there's just the seeds inside or mm. the skins on the outside, I'll throw that out there and they'll just peck at it. Yeah. Or like watermelon. Yeah. You know how like you can only have so that. much watermelon and then it yeah. starts to go bad. Yeah. They just peck all of the red part out. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people like make um, like Thai, like a head of broccoli or cabbage or something up so that, and this is in coops that are, um, like they, they, they stay there. They yeah. don't move around the chickens. So they have a little bit more enjoyment and things to do in the coop and That's they'll just funny. hang all these like broccoli heads up everywhere. And That's so they can and peck just at like them. jumping at it. Basically. Yeah. Cause <laughs> yeah. I think they can get a little bored if they are in one area, if you're not I believe giving that. them things to do. Yeah. yeah. Like they're hard workers. If you watch a yeah. chicken for a whole day, they're just working and digging mm. and pecking and doing things all day. They don't stop. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do get bored, but they'll always find things to do. And that's where if you are going to have a stagnant system, having a compost pile will mm-hmm. be the best way that you can entertain your chicken because True. they'll just keep digging through it. Yeah. Yeah. And just having it like in the corner or something. Yeah. Giving access to it every now and again. I love chickens. I love that this is just an episode on chickens. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> all it needs to, to be. chickens. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to think of what else they might need. So in their coop, you need to make sure they have a nesting box. Yeah. So let's talk about like the basics of a chicken coop. Yeah. So whether you're having it in one place or moving it around, that's one thing to decide on. But the next thing, once you've got the chicken coop, you need to have nesting boxes one nesting box is enough to serve three hens Okay, is usually cool. the rule of thumb. Um, I can't remember the measurement of space for a chicken. I'm going to, I think from the top of my mind that it's one square foot of yep. space per chicken. And I don't know what a square foot is. Okay. In is, centimeters. That, is that what the nesting box needs to be? Sorry. Or, so that's space the area. in the coop. Okay. Yep. The nesting box, it just needs to be enough for the chicken to sit in there. Yeah, they I saw like that you it dark. Used, okay. So I saw you use like milk crates or yeah. things like that. Yeah. That's they a really, really nice, easy, easy self-sufficient, yeah. um, cheap way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We've just built ours out of wood and that's enough for them yeah. as well. Um, and then so putting hay in there to keep it nice and soft for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hay also means when they lay their eggs, if they're... If at nighttime they're resting in the nesting boxes, they tend to poop in them, which is really frustrating. Our rooster did that more than the hens did. Mm. Um, But if that's happening, the hay can can stop the poo from like sticking onto the eggs and keeps them cleaner. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. Can Um, you eat the eggs if they have chicken poo on them? Yeah, you just wash it off. Okay. And it's really common for even in like the egg industry for eggs Mm. to be dirty and you just wash it off. Okay. Um, if you do wash it off though, it has to go into the fridge. Yeah. So if you've got clean eggs, you can leave them out on the countertop for about a week. Mm-hmm. If you put it into the fridge just like that without washing it, then it lasts three weeks. But if you've mm-hmm. washed it, you have to put it into the fridge and then it lasts three weeks again. Why is that? Is that just because the egg 
the shell is really thin. Yeah, so the eggshell actually has like a natural membrane that's around it or like a substance that keeps all of the bacteria and dirt out from the inside of the egg. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as soon as you wash off that coating, so it has like a coating, sorry. Mm. As soon as you wash off that coating, bacteria and germs can go into the egg and then like the egg goes bad. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Didn't know that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've read more about that recently, about how long you can keep a chicken egg in the fridge Mm. or on the counter for. Because I thought it was a lot longer than a week. Yeah. I've kept my chicken eggs on the counter for like months and they've been fine. Yeah. I I have sometimes... Oh, I was going to say it. To test, you say it. Do you just drop it in water and then if it... If it sinks to the bottom, it's fine. And if it Mm -hmm. floats, it's bad. Yeah. And if it stands up, then use it straight away. Okay. Like you you better use it in the next few days or it's going to float. Yeah. And that's the easiest test to do. Like Mm. it's so simple. Like everything about chickens is so simple. And it's just like when you start, there's so much more that you're going to learn from it. Yeah. So fun. (laughs) I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with chickens. I've seen a lot of people convert like caravans and old buildings into chicken coops yeah so yeah one day i'd like to do that awesome yeah yeah another thing that's really important in a chicken coop so the nesting boxes is one thing the size of the chicken coop is another important thing ventilation you want to have plenty of ventilation even if you're like oh maybe the rain will get in don't worry they need that to aerate the space to keep it clean and healthy for them um but they also need perches so chickens naturally like to so chickens are jungle animals they like to live in trees and we have had a few chickens that (laughs) escape their chicken coop because they prefer to live up in a tree at night which is fine as long as they're safe and nice and high (laughs) but in a chicken coop you want to emulate that as well by having Mm -hmm. nesting not nesting perches so that at nighttime they can rest on them and feel elevated from Mm. the ground Mm -hmm. and that like helps them feel safer i guess yeah so you could use just like old branches around because i've seen some cool little configurations of um like just like even a a kind of like replicating a tree or something like that in a standing coop um looks really cool yep just just even like a bit of wood like the way that you build your coop should have that in it and Mm. that's why i wouldn't recommend the bunnings coops because they don't have those things in them okay interesting yeah yeah i didn't really ever think about that yeah like they have a lot of elements that are not there Um, they have a nesting box but it's so like little that i don't know how any normal hen would fit in there Mm. so yeah Okay. And do they need, like, I've seen chickens just, like, bathe in the dust or the mm-hmm. dirt. Do they, if, you, if you're not moving your chickens around, do they need that in their coop they to do. help with their feathers? Yeah, and... that's a really good point. Um, yeah. They need a dust bath, bath because that's how they get mites and lice off them. Okay. So that's essentially them keeping their hygiene yeah Mm -hmm. um and another thing is grit so grit especially for chickens that you have in one area will be important it's just little rocks like little rocks from down by the river or a creek just go and collect some i used to collect like a bucket full of them Mm -hmm. um and essentially because uh, chickens don't have teeth Mm -hmm. the grit in their stomach helps them to grind up the food that they're eating especially if you're giving them whole grains it just mm-hmm. grinds it up and helps them to digest it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and without 
moving them around, they're not naturally getting that grip from soil or dirt. True. So okay. that's another thing that's worth giving to them. Even sand, mm. I think, would work yeah. the same way. Okay. If you live in a coastal area. Yeah. Anyways, cool. thank you for letting me like nerd out on chickens. Yeah, no, this was a really interesting episode for me personally because yeah. it's everything that I wanted to know about how to start chicken or having yeah. a chicken coop and raising chickens I it's hope something I haven't overwhelmed do. you with information no like <laughs> I mean I have chicken books and I've watched videos but nothing compares to an actual conversation about yeah. your experience and what has worked for you and what hasn't because yeah. I didn't know about all those things that they don't include in or in even the books. just the yeah. little fun facts that you pick up yeah. along the way I think the the moment you're like, okay, I'm ready to have chickens. I'm going to be yep. so excited for you. It's just going yeah. to be magical. Yeah. Well, maybe at the end of the year or early next year. We'll, or just next week. Or next week. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I can have some time to build a chicken coop. But yeah, yeah super exciting. Right. And uh, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed that episode. We would love to know your experience on raising chickens or whether you might be getting chickens in the future. Mm-hmm. Love any tips that you might have over on our Instagram page or our YouTube page as well. Yeah. If there's anything that I forgot to mention or even anything that you want to include in the conversation too, we would love to hear it. So yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. And if you uh, would like, we would love if you would review the podcast or Mm -hmm. leave us a comment on any of the podcasting apps that you watch or um, on YouTube. Five star only. But I finally figured out how you can review the podcast. If you look up Earthly Roots podcast um, on Google, it'll come up with a few different places where you can do that. Um, So yeah, we would really appreciate it. Yeah, it means so much, and all your support so far has been amazing and we are so thankful so yeah awesome thanks so much for watching and listening we'll see you next time see you guys